0: Thank you, Ben. Good. Ah. Well, I'm going to do part two of a, a series this morning uh, on communication. Last week we looked at the attitude we have to come when we're trying to learn how to communicate. And this morning what I wanted to talk about was listening to understand, okay? So don't you think it's really frustrating when people don't listen? I do, and I'm pretty sure that other people find it frustrating when I don't listen, and even worse, when they're hearing me but they're not understanding, right? When um, my daughter, Brianna, was a a baby, probably around about uh, maybe 18 months to two years old, we were at home one day and she was trying to climb the couch and she was reasonably coordinated, but on this day she just fell down and we are like, what's going on? Joe goes to me, oh, I think there's something wrong with Brianna. And I'm like, oh, no, she's just tired, (laughs) you know. I listened really well there. No, but I was sort of preoccupied with the fact that I had to go and do a strat burn. So in the fire brigade, what we used to do is go out and do strategic burns, which is to burn areas before the dry season comes so that when a fire came through, it wasn't going to be devastating. It was like, you know, there's patches that were there that would stop the fire moving and that was good money. That was overtime. So I thought, well, I'll go out and I did it. I went out and do the strap burn. My mother-in-law is at the house and Joanne was babysitting another girl as well at the time. Anyway, I got a phone call saying, Neil, I think there's something wrong. And I was like, oh man, all that money I'm going to miss out on. So anyway, I went home and there's definitely something not right. She was sort of like slurring words like she was drunk or something. It was just really weird. She she didn't talk a lot, but she talked pretty well. And whenever she talked, it was sort of like, like that. And we're like, no, that's not right. So we took her to the hospital and um, got admitted pretty quickly, which was good. But we're talking to the doctor and we're going, uh, there's something wrong with our daughter. This is what's happened. This is what's presenting. And he's like, nah. She's that's just because she's this age. And I said, no, that's not because she's this age. She she normally talks really well, but at the moment when she talks, she's sort of like making no sense at all. So the doctor was like, no, nah, you're wrong. It's just because of her age. Anyway, as time went by, we were in there for a little while. She got a little bit better and um, he did tests and it, she wasn't going to die or anything and, and so we took her home. Anyway, about... Three or four days later, I got a phone call from this doctor and he said, oh, look, I'm really sorry, um, you were right. We did a drug test for her, <laughs> drug test, and she had, um, is it diazepam? I think diazepam or peen or something, from Serapax tablets, which knock you out, apparently. Um, I'd never had one, but my mother-in-law was taking them at the time and she dropped one underneath the bed. Anyway, (laughs) Brown had found it, and she's like, took it and ate it. Anyway, it was sort of funny in a way, but not funny. Because Joe goes, what did you do? And she goes, I found a blue lolly, but I didn't want to share it with Millie, who was the other girl that mum was looking after at the time. We were like, thank goodness you didn't want to share. (laughs) I'm so glad you're selfish. But it's funny how sometimes we can know things, we can talk, and that doctor was adamant that we were wrong. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you're just like, you are not listening. And Jesus talked to us about the importance of listening. And more than that, it's listening to understand. What am I actually listening to do? What's the point of me listening? And this morning I'm going to talk about a few things that block us listening. And as I go through these, you'll go, oh, yeah, that's right, I know this person, I know that person. None of it will apply to us, of course, because it never does, right? It's, you know, the Blake's sit next to me, the woman sitting next to me, they're the ones that don't listen. But in the end, what I want to do is go through this. Next week, we're going to talk about how do I actually express myself, really, how do I talk clearly so that others will understand? Because we can do a whole lot of talking as well where no one really understands what we're saying, or we can act do things that will stop them really seeing what we're really trying to tell them. Jesus said this in Mark chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. Anyone with ears should listen and understand. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. Then in Mark chapter seven, fourteen, then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. (laughs) We all want to be heard, don't we? But do we all want to listen? And if we want to grow as people of God and and we learn to grow together in relationships because that's what it's about, isn't it, as Christians especially, but this will apply to anywhere you are in your workplace, your relationships, mums, dads, kids, fathers, wives, husbands, friends, people in the street, the person at the shopping counter, whatever it might be, this skill that we can really grow in is so important because it's going to stop us entering into conflict all the time because we're really listening to what the other person is saying. It has positive effects in business, relationships, friendships, home and in sharing Christ effectively. As Bob was talking about this morning, If we want to be able to share Christ effectively, we also need to be able to listen. Jesus was an excellent listener. He saw into people's hearts. Now, it's not not only that he had listened to the Spirit, but he had trained himself to actually be very perceptive in the things that he'd heard as well. And we want our communication to be honest, open, respectful, Christ-honouring and transparent. If we are going to have really good relationships, especially as a community known as the church, part of the big church, but this is where we gather. And there's times when we will rub against each other and it's not really easy. And we might want to just run away. We might want to not do it. We might come against something and we're just like, this is just all too hard. But what I want to do with this series is just, Encourage us that it's possible when we have the right attitude, the right heart motive, that we can have amazing communication with one another and we can also avoid and solve conflict. There's some things we can't solve, but I'll tell you what, a lot of the conflict that we have is because we are not understanding one another. We haven't taken the time to listen to each other's hearts. It'll also help you when you start to listen in terms of your employment, because as you become a boss, as you grow in experience, I want you to listen to this. Workplace executives have to listen seventy five percent of the time. Managers about sixty percent, and those who are employees about thirty percent. Listening is a skill that won't only will only not won't only just help you in your personal relationships, but it will also help you when it comes to the workplace. Bob's saying this morning, I've taken a decision. I'm not going to get angry about things. I'm not going to just tell people to go away. What does that mean? That means Bob is now inviting people into a relationship with him, which is what we looked at last week. That first thing is come close. If you want to be able to connect with people, you have to be able to ask them to come close, Draw near. My wife was reading a post on Facebook and and she read it out to me and, gee, it was sad. It says, how can this person that's just been yelling at me, abusing me, fighting with me, put their head on the pillow and five minutes later be asleep without resolving anything? This is what we deal with, isn't it? Our real life is not always easy. It's sometimes messy. But when we don't act in a godly way in how we solve things, like God says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Make a decision that I'm going to sort things out. I'm going to be heard, but I also need to listen. That is not acceptable, is it, with relationships with God. He's saying, don't do that. If your head's hitting the pillow and you haven't resolved an issue as a husband and wife, you need to resolve it, which means you need to decide that we are going to draw close and we are going to push through and we are going to listen and we are going to speak. John Maxwell says this, the ability to connect with others begins with understanding the value of people. How much do we value people? How much do we value relationships? Because if we're wanting to connect... We're going to have to learn to love people. Jesus, again, the most amazing example that loved people. He looked out upon them and he cried over Jerusalem and he said, I just want to gather you together as a chicken gathers its chicks under its wings. I just want to do that. I just want to have this love for you. And this is the first part. You have to value people if you ever want to listen to them. Just gonna read a few um, verses from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 17, 27 and 28. A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Now that's a good tip for us, isn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you a story about that in a sec. Fools have no interest. In understanding, they only want to air their own opinions. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Can you see what this is telling us? We need to open our ears a little bit. And what happens if we decide that our voice is the the voice of opinion that really matters is that we block out everyone else and the Bible calls us a fool. Because a truly wise person uses few words. And fools are even thought wise when they don't speak. And that's pretty obvious sometimes, isn't it? I remember listening to a pastor once and he was talking about this amazing training he'd done, you know, and he'd come out and he started pastoring his first pastorship. And he was meeting with this guy and this guy came and he had this trouble and and this pastor's just freaking out. He's like, I don't know what I can do to help this guy. I'm not really that experienced, I'm not... Experiencing counselling or listening, anyway, the guy came and talked to him and he's like, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And, and this pastor goes, he sat there and he's going, I've got nothing to say. I have no answer for this guy. There's nothing coming to my mind right now that will help. At the, at the end of the time, the guy goes, you're so wise. <laughs> you are so wise. Thank you so much. He hadn't said anything. But what had happened is he'd open his ears to listen and he said, I felt like a fool, but it was actually wise. It was the best thing I could have said at the time was nothing. I know that's like with me, with Joe um, when we first married as, as a husband. I just want to solve her problems, you know. She'd come home and it's like blah, 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 blah. This happened, that happened. I said, right, what you need to do is this, this and this. She didn't want me to do that. I wasn't listening, I was hearing, but I wasn't listening. What she was telling me was, I'm really upset, I had a hard day, I need someone to love me, right? I don't want you to solve all my problems, I want you to just pat me on the back (laughs) and say, everything's going to be all right, Joe. You're doing a great job, it's okay, we'll solve those problems later. But when it comes to relationships, we can often misconstrue things because we're not looking for the heart of the person. We're not thinking what's behind what they're saying. Because their words aren't always saying what we mean, are they? They're conveying a message, but it's not necessarily the message that's meant to be coming across. And we need to be very careful to to listen well. So I just want to go through some barriers that, that stop us hearing. It's really important because, honestly, as I said last week, if you can't listen to people, how on earth are you going to listen to God? If you can't be trusted in the things of this world, do you really think that you can be trusted with the things that are spiritual, that come from God, the real treasure? Most likely not. So here's some barriers. We'll just go through them quickly and then I'm going to go through some things that actually cause a blockage to us listening. You've got noise around you, the sounds. It can be... Unclear meanings too when people say things. It might have a psychological thing that's in our head, we're just not going to listen to that person. I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's certain people that you think, I'm just not even listening to anything they say, they're totally opposed to me. We can be overloaded with messages in our life. We can only process one thing at a time really, but in the United States the average worker handles 200 messages a day. they spend about 15 minutes answering emails. And that's not thinking about any of the rest of the technology and the other things that bombard us. Messages can be complex, so it's hard to understand. Maybe we've never been trained how to listen. There's some people who who wouldn't even have a clue. They've never listened in their life and they're not about to start. Preoccupation, we're thinking about other things. Now our brain works about four times faster than we can speak. So what happens is if you're talking to me and you're going blah, 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 my brain's going... You know, that's how my brain goes. Processing things, and so I've got the chance to think about three times more things than you're telling me, and if I'm not careful, I can actually go off and think about those things. (laughs) That's called the listening gap, by the way. So I just want to look at six things that will prevent you from listening well. And you might look at these and you'll go, that's me. Or you might not. And what we're going to do is at the end, I've put some sheets up the back with an exercise on it for you to do at home this week if you want to. And it's called a listening blocks exercise. So as we go through these and, and identify different things, if you want to take one of them home and have a look at your own life. See, the thing is that we need to know ourselves, right? I did this exercise when I was at... um doing some Bible college stuff and it was really interesting what I found out about myself. I'm awesome. No, (laughs) I'm a great listener. No, no, there are things in my life that just, as I sat down and reflected on I was like, I need to change that. Many years ago I had that with like, even at church here, I'd be like, I have to talk to everyone. And God was like, no, you don't. You just have to be present with the people that you're with and just enter into that. At the time and so I started doing that but what I noticed was that and I sort of knew it already um, you do know yourself a bit but I had this ability to finish other people's sentences for them because really you're wasting my time and if I finish that sentence quickly I don't have to wait for you to get around to it you know what I mean so I don't know if there's any of you like that but that was that's me right so I've had to learn not to do that And it makes a big difference when you do that, right? Because what you're doing is you're giving them the message. I'm not really listening. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. So number one is selective listening. You only engage when you're interested and tune out when you're not. Yeah? That's a block for you listening properly. Now, there's some people that you don't want to listen to because, you know, their story really should be that long and it's like three years later. But... You select what you're going to listen to. Well, I'm interested in this, so therefore I'm going to listen. If I'm not interested, I can't be bothered. So you don't listen properly. Number two, talkaholism. You know those people, don't you? You have a conversation with them and at the end they go, that was a great chat, you've said two words. They think that they've totally convinced you and you've actually agreed with them, but you've you've nothing like that at all. But they're very self-focused. It's people that are really self-focused and you need to know every detail and what they say is right and because they're talking, you are listening and you're also agreeing with them. If you are talking a lot, more than 50% of the time, that is not called a conversation, right? Would you agree? If I get to speak 5% of the time and you're 95%, it's not a conversation, and when we're talking and, and trying to get to know each other, it's important that we do. Like there's people that I know, they know nothing about me, but I know all about where they work, their cats, their dogs, their first car, whatever it is, and they've never once asked me a question about who I am. That is someone who's a talk talkaholic, that they use talking. And it's often a way to bully people into agreeing with them and then they, and they walk away, you've said, yeah, yeah, whatever, and they've bullied you into this thing and saying, Yeah, they must agree with me, and you didn't. But that's what happens. The loudest one wins, is what I'd say. Is that? <laughs> that's my family. Yeah, poor old Joe. When we first got together, um, <laughs> she came to one of our family gatherings and she was sitting like, she's in a war zone. It was like she's just like, huh? We were all like, boom, 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 loud, louder. Right, you're talking louder, I better talk <laughs> louder than you. And at the end of it, I'm surprised she stayed with me, but she did. And because her family is very different, they're not like that. And we could even argue, and two minutes later we're still friends. You know, that was us. Pseudo-listening, that's a funny old term, but it's pretending to listen. You're showing signs that you are, are listening, but you're really occupied with something else. You know, and the footy's on the TV and, and your kids are trying to get your attention. Yeah, yeah. My, my kids used to go, Dad, 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 <laughs> Neil, huh? <laughs> but you're pretending. Well, I wasn't even pretending to listen then. But but you know the times when you, 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 you're nodding your head, mm-hmm, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, engage with your eyes, beautiful. But you're not really listening, You're trying to think of an answer. You ever done that? You know, they're telling you something and all you're thinking of is my next witty comment is going to come in right at the end of that. Give me that opening, please. But you're not really listening. Gap filling. I'll finish that story for you, which is what I alluded to before. Constantly interrupting. (laughs) And you're, you're not even looking for the meaning of the message that's being given you're just wanting to give your point of view defensive listening you take innocent comments or facts as personal attacks now how do i know if that's me you can check to see if you're quick to defend your thoughts quick to defend your thoughts so it's like someone will say something to you uh oh, you should pick up the dishes straight away you're like what do you mean I always pick up the dishes. I do it all the time. This is the only time I didn't do it and you defend yourself so quickly. You're not really listening. It's about not picking up that dish, not about your whole life since you're in preschool and all the messes you've made up to that point. Now, obviously, things get more, um, more complex than that, but the Bible says this, don't be offended easily. All right. It doesn't mean you don't get offended you know, I've heard messages the other way. It's almost like if you get offended, then you're wrong. No, the Bible says don't get offended easily. Don't let every little thing offend you. So when someone's talking to you, straight away it's all about defending myself rather than listening to what they've got to say because it might actually be true. And the last one here is ambushing. Where all people do is they listen to understand so that they can actually attack you with it. They're not really listening They're gaining information. And that can happen quite often in very close relationships, can't it? The husband and wife especially. You know, well, last week you did this. And you remember that week after we were married? Do you remember what you said back then? It's like they listen very carefully to gain some ammunition for later on. Not taking into account that things change, people change. And hopefully as Christians we change our heart as well. Now, talking about understanding, I just want to read from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. This is about Jesus. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. So this is a picture of Jesus coming. All right, The old root, Israel, through Abraham and that promise, but the new branch is us as Gentiles, as people who weren't Jews, being invited into the kingdom of God. But what I want you to note there is that the spirit of wisdom and understanding was on him and Jesus understood. But there are some amazing benefits that came from this. Listen, those of you who will listen well and open your ears and hear what the spirit is saying, God says this will happen in your life. Number one, you will start to delight in obeying the Lord because understanding will be given to you. You will not judge by appearance or make decisions based on hearsay. So as understanding comes, you don't just make rash decisions, you listen and you're not judging people by appearance. The Bible says the cause of your neighbour seems just until you talk to the other neighbour. What does that mean? It means that as I listen to someone and they're complaining and they're giving their side of the story, I'm like, wow, you're so right. But then if you go and speak to the other one, it's like, well, wait a minute, maybe it's not so right after all. And this is what Jesus said. If you get understanding, if you listen properly, and if you make a decision not to just judge on appearance, on the first thing you hear or hearsay what someone else said, that shows that you have knowledge because you've listened. You will give justice to the poor. In In other words, you will start to understand other people. You'll make fair decisions. People who don't listen well make really bad decisions. Now, some other things that people with understanding have is this they hate corruption. They receive guidance. They're kept safe. They become joyful. They understand more easily. They control their anger and they're even tempered. They are willing to listen to others. They will prosper and they will draw out good advice. Now, they're all from the Bible. Not one of those things comes from anywhere else. But all those things, for people that are willing to listen, they will, they will increase in those things. You'll be able to receive good guidance. You'll control your anger. You'll be willing to listen to others. You'll prosper. You'll be joyful. You'll be safe. All those things will be in your life because you choose to listen and listen well. So why does this matter? If you can work on these things in your life, you're going to have closer relationships with people and with God. And you'll be more effective in your Christian witness. Last story is there's a there's a pastor called Tim Keller who's in New York City and he runs quite a big church. Anyway, he asked his wife if, if he could have three years to be able to work long hours and do what he wanted to do for the church. And then after that, things would change. As it happened, three years later, he's asking for another three months and then another three months and it just kept going on and on. She was patient, restrained, but she needed to get his attention. He wasn't listening. This is what happened. One day I came home from work. It was a nice day outside and I noticed that the door to our apartment balcony was open. Just as I was taking off my jacket, I heard a smashing noise coming from the balcony. In another couple of seconds I heard another one. I walked out onto the balcony and to my surprise saw Kathy sitting on the floor. She had a hammer and next to her was a stack of our wedding china on the ground with the shards of two smashed saucers. What are you doing, I asked. She looked up and said, you aren't listening to me. You don't realise that if you keep working these hours you're going to destroy the family. I don't know how to get through to you. You aren't seeing how serious this is. This is what you're doing. And she brought the hammer down on the third saucer. But he thought she'd snap. thought she'd gone crazy. And he goes, I'm listening, I'm listening. There's something that brought his attention to that point in how she was acting. And he had realised now that he'd been so deluded that he hadn't been listening to her and there was never a convenient time to cut back on the work. And then he says, she saw me listening for the first time and we hugged. It wasn't a meltdown. She wasn't going crazy, but she did say, I don't know what I would have done if I'd broken another saucer because those cups that belonged to that were already broken and I would have had to find some good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But the point of that is this. How often are you hearing and not listening? I'm sure pretty much every day you came home, she would have gone, when are you stopping work? Can't you see I'm hurting? Can't you see the family's suffering? But his ears were closed because he had more important things to do. He wasn't listening well. And for us as Christians, it's so important that we hear correctly. It's so important for our relationships because that's what God wants, for us to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So the exercises at the back for you to um, grab and do during the week. You will have to add one more thing on it: um, selective listening, because I forgot to list that there. If you, I'll be able to see if you actually listen to that, then, eh? Yeah. <laughs> selective listening. If you didn't, if you didn't hear that, grab it, do the exercise, and see if there's something in your life that might be blocking you from hearing. Okay. Because I tell you what, if you take the time, you will hear so much better and your relationships will be so much richer. And when you start to listen to people, then you can begin to listen to the Holy Spirit. I wonder how many of us are so busy talking, so busy with life, that we never take the time to actually really listen to God. What's God saying? What's he doing in my life? What's he speaking to me about? Because we're so busy talking or there's so much noise around us. We complicate things. We let the world crowd in around us. So I'm just going to pray for us all this morning and pray that our ears would be open to hear. Father God, I just thank you so much for who you are. And Lord, can you help us listen? Father, listen to your spirit, that we wouldn't put off what you're saying to us. And Lord, when we need to be corrected, help us to correct our life so that we can glorify and honour you in a better way, that Father God, your goodness is revealed to the world through us, Father God, through the way we do relationships as people of God, that people would look and see there's something so amazing about what they do. Lord, I know it's not just about skills, it's not just about what we do, but Father God, involving your Holy Spirit in that. And so, Father, this morning, in the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would just fill us anew, that our ears would be open to what you're saying today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, how about we um, sing again? (laughs) And let's speak to God, because he is listening. Maybe you've never received Christ into your life before and tell you something, it's the most rich and satisfying thing you'll ever do. And he might have been speaking to you today and you felt just something in your heart stirring, thinking, I need to know this Jesus that they're talking about. You can come up, guys, musicians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I just want to just want to encourage you. I'm just going to pray one more prayer. And it's the most powerful prayer you could ever pray. To ask Jesus into your life and just say, "I just want You." If that's you this morning, as I pray, we're just going to get everyone to just pray with me and and you just agree with this prayer. And just come and talk to the person you came with, or come and see me afterwards. Um, my name's Neil, by the way. I don't think I said that before. Um, and just come and say good day to me. I'll just be hanging around. And just say, "I prayed that prayer with you, Neil, this morning, and I asked Jesus into my life." If that's you. This morning, we're just going to pray now. Just agree with me and and yeah, thank you, Father, that you sent your son, Jesus, that he died for me to give me life. This morning, I just want to receive him into my heart and just say, come into my life, God. Fill me up with your love. Forgive me for all my sin. From this day on, I just want to follow you and serve you. In Jesus' name, amen.